police in the morning. In a small Oregon town, mysterious crop circles have begun appearing in Joe Vossimer's cornfields. When Joe's cousin Lane, his five college friends, and local sheriff Willingham happen upon the otherworldly designs, they unleash unfathomable terror beyond anything they have ever known. The close-knit group is desperate to escape the grisly wrath of their discovery once they realize that the circles are not merely innocent signs, but deadly warnings. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Movie Bros. Here are your B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are, week two of Conspiracy Month, and we're taking on the film Silent Warnings from 2003, which, you know, if you couldn't figure it out by the back of the box's description, is all about crop circles, or so it would lead you to believe. The Silent Warnings, you get it? So let's just dive right into this ship with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Let's just get to the bottom, Paul, because fuck S this. Sounds good to me. We'll Num start with the bottom and then try to find good things about it. Number three. Oh, and spoilers abound because, yeah. You weren't going to watch this movie anyways. Don't pretend. Number three. Aside from Stephen Baldwin, every character in this movie is one-dimensional. Well, even he's one-dimensional. But he's but, a fun one. But he's it's fun. a good dimension. Like, every other person in this movie could have seriously been a fucking cardboard cutout standing there doing nothing. It would have been more interesting than the people on screen. Number two. This movie progresses painfully slow. Like, I, I just... There was no reason for anything past six minutes up until, like, ten minutes before the movie ends. There was no reason for it to be an hour... And ten minutes between those two points. It could have been five minutes. Hey, we got to this farm. Oh, we cleaned the farm up. Oh, look, now aliens are there. Bam. No, fucking an hour and ten minutes of cleaning up the farm. Like... This paint drying the movie. <laughs> number one. Uh, again, this has to do with Stephen Baldwin. He dies six minutes into the movie. T top billing. Big actor we got here. We got one of the Baldwin brothers. Nope, nope, no, we don't. Six minutes, bam, he's dead. Oh, let's bring him back for two minutes of reviewing VHS tapes that we found in the attic. Oh, yeah, let's just forget about him again because we don't need interesting characters in our movie. You know there's a problem when your main attraction is Stephen Baldwin. I mean, you know, that that does lead into the, the alternate conspiracy for this movie, which there is only one Baldwin that he just, uh, you know, uses different names depending on how much he's getting paid for whatever movie it is. Composite Baldwin. <laughs> so what was your bottom three? So my bottom three is, like, I agree with you that this movie was very, very slow. It felt like it was at least two hours of nothing happening when it was only an hour and 20 minutes. It was, yeah. We even put the movie on, like, one and a half speed. Was to speed it up, and it felt like normal speed. It was still too slow. But still nothing happened. Yeah, it was a lot of wasted time, a lot of like, hey, there's a thing going on, or is there? Well, let's ignore that for now, and for the next hour. Number two. Nothing really happens throughout the majority of the film. Like, the plot finally picks up during the last 15 minutes, but... But until then, it's just characters cleaning a house, not really doing much of anything. It was not very fun, to say the least. And number one, so I agree with you, Corey, about the best character being Joe. 
and he died way too early. But there was one other good character, Maurice. I thought he was funny, but his personality wasn't enough to compensate for the just complete lack of personality of the others. There's like a personality black hole that Maurice and Joe just couldn't fill. I mean, come on, come on, Paul, admit it. The cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan riding on a train in Home Alone had more personality than Maurice. Now, albeit Maurice had more personality than the other people in the movie, but still could have been replaced by cardboard Michael Jordan on a train. Michael Sarah has more personality in this movie than anyone in this movie, except did, for Joe Maurice. Did you know that Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg are the same person? Just like the Baldwins. <laughs> like... Like, I can never tell who is who in what movie. Like, they're just, they're the same person. Jesse Eyes and Sarah. But anyway, let's talk about the good things. What did we find in the top of this movie for us? For me, number three, the film did take a different approach to the aliens by suggesting that they're actually demons of old lore, and that's how they figured out the weaknesses and some weird portal and electromagnetic thing and stuff like they tr- they really did try to make it a different kind of alien it definitely made it seem like they pulled it out of their ass like last minute oh wait we don't know how to actually get rid of them but they tried number two Good for them this movie has the most graceful alien entrance of all time <laughs> the alien fucking jumps through the window and falls on its goddamn face <laughs> And it, it puts it, then, like, and that's a physical person in some kind of suit that does it. And then it throws its giant CGI hand on the table and gets up like a 90-year-old man that just fell on a bed of nails. Like, <laughs> it was the fucking most hysterical thing I've seen in, like, the last two months, at what's, least. And what's great about it is, like, all the other aliens are teleporting, you know, they're doing it all, like... <laughs> intelligently and gracefully, but he just jumps through the window. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's Steve. He He's a little special. And then, like, he jumps through the window, falls on his face, and it takes him, like, two minutes to get up, and, like, all the people are just like, oh, oh my god, like, standing Let's there, like, frightened, stand like, here and watch. like, dude, seriously, get over there and curb stomp that bitch. Like, come on now. Do something. And number one, Stephen Baldwin. He steals the show, his eight minutes of screen time. He he dies six minutes into the movie, and he's still the best character throughout the entire film. He's crazy. He's maniacal. He's got a whole bunch of cousin dolls stashed around the, the house that he talks to, and he gives guns to to help him fight aliens. Do they actually fight the aliens? I don't know. But you know what? They were more interesting than the actual people in the movie. He was too good for this movie. He was. He was He was the show stealer, for sure. He he deserved that top billing, even though he wasn't in the majority sure of the movie. Alright, for my top three, number three. The aliens and special effects were hilariously bad. I know it was 2003, but even so, like, just the goofy, awkward-looking aliens with their cheap little, like, um, teleportation lights, it was... It was just funny, and it's made even better by the fact that it's pretty obvious that most of the budget went toward the CGI and the five-minute cameo by Stephen Baldwin. Like, that, that, that's just amazing, in my opinion. Number two, last 15 minutes of this movie were actually genuinely fun. It didn't make up for the other hour and 11 minutes, but, you know, or however long it was. But, you know, at least it was something. And number one, Joe played by Stephen Baldwin. 
best character by far. And I like Maurice, too. He was pretty fun. Had the most personality out of the main cast, and, you know, they kept this movie from being entirely boring. You know, something we didn't really talk about was the dialogue, and there's good reason, and you know what? Unfortunately, friends, we are not going to have a good old-fashioned quote war this week, because the dialogue in this movie was just downright dismal. Like, it was just people addressing each other, and just boring old dialogue. Nothing fun, nothing exciting. Nothing worth really quoting. But if you happen to have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to give this film? I gave it a 5 out of 10. I also gave it a 5 out of 10. Silent Mornings is one of those movies where, like, nothing happens for 75 minutes. And then they pack some action into the last 15 minutes and call it done. The only likable character dies six minutes into the film, and that's where you really could just stop watching the movie. The silent warning is to stay away from this mediocre piece of shit. It doesn't really try to be anything spectacular, it just kind of exists. Tries to warn you with its title. <laughs> if you're looking for a fun alien-themed movie, there are better options than silent warnings. If you're looking for a sci-fi action film... There are better options than Silent Warnings. If you're looking for a fun movie in general, there are much better options than Silent Warnings. Silent Warnings is an extremely average film that really fails to distinguish, distinguish itself in any meaningful way. It just kind of exists without leaving much of an impression at all. The most I can say about Silent Warnings is, it's a movie. Well, whether you liked it, didn't, want to make it more fun, or forget about it, we always have ways for you to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give some drinking games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time a day appears on screen, take a drink. Number two, every time Katrina does something occult-related, take a drink. Number three, whenever any of Joe's dummies are on screen, take a drink. Number four, anytime someone gets scared... Take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's conspiracy month, every time you see something related to or evidence of a conspiracy, take a drink. Every time you see a crop circle, take a drink. Every time an alien teleports, take a drink. Every time someone mentions iron, take a drink. And every time Joe calls one of his crash dummy dolls cousin, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any of your thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you leave us a comment on iTunes or SoundCloud. You'll also email us bmoviebros.gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com, that's bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, and my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all of their content, including reviews, interviews, and chats from our website bmoviebros.com. We have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are right below. Well, we've come to the end of week two for Conspiracy Month, so let's rank the movie so far. In the number two slot, I put The Crow because fuck that piece of shit. Angst, really angsty 90s bullshit motherfucker. Stealing the finale from Beauty and the Beast. No one's intimidating. And every opportunity for a good one-liner. Wasted. In the number one spot, I have Silent Warnings. Yes, it's forgettable. But the aliens actually are kind of murdery and a little bit intimidating. And they do use the opportunity to throw out a one-liner when the one guy goes, looks like you need some iron in your diet. 
right before an alien cuts him in half with a teleportation device. So, you know what? It is a better movie than The Crow. I'm going to disagree, because for my uh, number two, I put silent warnings. I don't think I'm going to remember this movie by next week, and I'll probably forget what forget what the ranking is, but number one, The Crow. It's not as good as I remember it being when I was much younger, but I, it, there's a certain charm to it. I, I hold some nostalgic um, feelings for it, and you know, lots of action, even if it's not the best action, and well, R.I.P. Brandon Lee. Well, next week, we're going to take a look at another two conspiracies, and these are two actual conspiracies. We're going to take a look at whatever happened to JFK, what really happened, and the truth. what really happened to Elvis by taking a look at the 2002 film Baba Hotep. The truth is out there. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs>